Claire Vangel tossed a leg over her triumph and kicked it into gear. The sun was shining, the mare was dead, and Clotier wanted to meet with her. As she sped along Dundas Street, weaving a bit too quickly through traffic, visions of her first undercover assignment played in her head. At Dundas and DuPont, she found the agreed-upon donut shop. Sergeant Clotier was already seated with two enormous coffees. So, Claire flashed her brightest smile, who am I? She slid into the cushioned booth and set her helmet down on the seat beside her. Clotier opened a bag and pulled out a duchy. I'm not pleased to be using you. Okay, that was fair. She was as green as they came. Claire determined to please him with results. We need someone who looks young. We also need someone with field experience. Apparently, in this enlightened age, it's the packaging that counts. Claire sipped her coffee. What was she supposed to say? Clotier nodded to some sugar packets in the center of the table. You're not going to use those? Claire wrinkled her nose. No, thanks. Clotier took one and added it to his own coffee. You're going back to school. He slid a plain white envelope across the table. You're a third-year political science student. Political science? Claire opened the envelope and discreetly observed a student card, driver's license, and other documents that identified her as Claire Simpson. Is that more like politics or science? Clotier shook his head irritably. Politics. Oh. Claire would have preferred science. You think you can get up to speed fast enough? Of course. She'd stay awake all night if she had to. Is there a reason I'm only half undercover? You're keeping your first name to make things easier on you. Thanks. Claire wasn't sure whether to feel protected or insulted. This isn't a permanent transfer. Clotier broke a piece from his donut. Screw this case up, and it's back to the beat for a very long time. Okay. Again, fair. Most cops had to put in years in uniform before they'd be given an undercover assignment. She'd been on the force for three months. How did the mayor die? Do you live on this planet? Claire eyed Clotier's duchy. She wished she had one of her own, or something greasy, like bacon or sausage, to soak up her mild hangover. Hayden Pritchard died at last night's working child benefit. He collapsed in his own vomit. It was all over the news. Oh, Claire was supposed to feel ignorant because she didn't spend her evenings glued to the local fucking news. Fine, maybe she felt a little bit ignorant, but she wasn't going to show it. Just read this. Clotier passed a printed email across the stained Formica table. Hayden Pritchard, July 27th, 1954, through September 6th, 2010. We hereby launch our campaign to create a political utopia for the real world. Hayden Pritchard made a dramatic exit from life last night, facilitated by the poison we slipped him. Pritchard became mayor 13 years ago, 
at which point he began to skillfully destroy the city's economy. He spent piles of money to cultivate all kinds of fringe votes, and when he went over budget, he simply raised taxes to compensate. Small business owners closed up shop or moved to the suburbs in response to punishing tax hikes, and Toronto was ranked the worst place in the Western world to do business. We might have been fine with this if that money had been used to save some wildlife or give scholarships to inner-city kids. But as far as we can tell, society's problems have remained intact. Pritchard and his staffers are okay with all this. They've received a 50% pay raise. With another election three long years away, we have decided to free taxpayers from Pritchard's socialist nightmare. You're welcome. This has been a message from the Society for Political Utopia.